to see him. Solia to me Eldo is Even even to see him. It's time 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 to see him. 
for he hasn't yet been seen. He hasn't yet been unveiled. He hasn't yet been seen. He hasn't yet been unveiled to man. Many. To many, many. Many. It's time for many. To see him. To see him. To see the true gift of love. For he is even that anointed one. He is the true gift of love. For men will see him. Men should see him. Many should see him. For now we bring grace to open him. Amen. To unveil him. Amen. To unveil the Messiah. Amen. To unveil the anointed one. Amen. To show him. To show his life. Amen. To see. Make his life known. To make his way known. To make his light known. It's time for him to be seen. It's time for him to be seen. For yeah, even for his very essence to be unveiled. For this is time of the unveiling of his essence. Because he is a way to God. And it's time for that way. Even the way that he is. The way that he is. The way that he is. It's time for that way to be known by yes, men. Lord. It's time for that way to be seen by men. Yes, Lord. It's time for that way yes. to be unveiled by men. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In men. In men. In men. Your way. Your way. Your way. way. For yeah, this way that he is shall be come a possession of men. For as Christ arises, embodiment of the way will arise upon the earth. Men and women and children, old and young, who have inherited the ways to God. For the earth shall be full of such men. Amen. And women and children. Amen. And old and young ones. Who have found the way. And by inheritance as he inherited. They also will have the inheritance of the life that leads to God. Even the inheritance of the Christ life. For this is time. It's time to inherit the Christ life. It's time to open the Christ life. To access the Christ life. So this entrance will come. And this entrance will become. It will increase. And then it will become abundant. Amen. Upon the earth. For here there shall be an abundant entrance upon the earth. For men shall enter abundantly. Even into the everlasting kingdom. Of our God. So shall it be. In Jesus name. Pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. And Father, we bless you this morning. We give glory to your name. Lord, we allow our hearts to tarry before you, to receive everything that you have for us this morning. Lord, we pray, let your spirit come and minister to us the words of life, the quickening words, the words that quicken. Lord, I ask, Father, that you continue the season of impartation that that as any every heart that's yet to be baptized into the stream of what you are doing now 
I ask, may this be another opportunity. Amen. Such, a heart, such hearts to partake freely of the waters that you're bringing. Thank you, our Father. I give glory. I yield my, um, myself to you, all my being, my, my, my tongue. I yield my heart. I yield my mind. I yield everything that I am in this moment unto you, my Father. Come and use me, Lord, as your vessel to speak your word. I pray, I ask for leading in the spirit, leading in the scriptures this morning. Thank you, Father. Lord, let your words awaken love within us for you. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Good morning to everybody. Amen. Praise God. Uh, just welcome someone. Say you're very welcome today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. And uh, without wasting time, please let's go into the word this morning. Um yeah, I mentioned that praise God. Um praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's let's go on. Let's go on. How many of us remember Wednesday's message? If we can, do we remember it on Wednesday? Uncle Jimmy, you remember it? Okay, let's go. Recap of Wednesday. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Um, on Wednesday, we continued the flow of the walk of faith and walk of love so we started with um from first corinthians 12 about when paul talked about um the gifts and um, people that are set in the church and then he said he shows them a more excellent way then first corinthians 13 began to show like the characteristic of um, charity and then 14 verse 1 says we should follow after charity and then one thing we began to see was um, we're supposed to follow charity because charity is where inheritance yeah. began, uh, begins, sorry. And then we began to see that um, even on the earth, the land is something that um, really typifies like all that God is, right? And you were showing us how land is what yields um, our food. Land is like your greatest possession um, that can be in terms of earthly, um, earthly essence, right? And then we looked at the the link between souls and land by looking at the man abraham so we saw that god promised him that it will make him it will make of his of his seed would um, would they be blessed right so there were many the promise was to many but abraham was the one that was called so abraham had to journey and then you were telling us how um one thing about talk of land and and inheritance it's a conversation of love because those things demand our lives right um so we were seeing the flow as to um the fact that abraham had the promise within him that counseled him in his journey so um at for example when he and when his edgemen and lots edgemen had the the discord about um land we saw that abraham was able to take a step back because he had the promise and he knew what the lord had spoken to him but um, Lot lifted up his own eyes and went to the places where, as it were, 
you know, they looked well watered, not knowing that, you know, that was the dwelling of the people of Sodom, right? And then just after, we saw that the Lord now lifted up Abraham's eyes, right? And then you began to show us that there is a connection between, you know, your sight and, and the land, right? And then we also saw that Abraham actually got into that land and he walked it. But the thing is, the promise was to many. So um, we now saw the flow as to how, again, in, in Egypt, after um, Jacob joining into Egypt, um, um, Jacob in sons and Joseph, we now saw that um, in Egypt, they became many. And then it was time for that movement to the real promised land, right? And then um, we, we now began to see how the Lord broke Pharaoh's back when he refused to let the people go. Because the promise is, also has a tie between where you worship and, and the land again. And then we just began to see um, by, by the Spirit of the Lord the, the journeys, how they moved from Egypt to the wilderness. And then we saw that the wilderness itself is a land which typifies faith, which is Christ, right? Because in the wilderness, there was supposed to be a, an exchange of life and an impartation of strength for the inheritance of the real land in the spirit, which is um, the land of love, right? Um, so we, we just kept seeing that journey, how you journey at a point and then you have to make war with some people around the, the Jordan before the the Jordan parts, right? And then um, we saw that when they got close to inheritance, um, there was a fear in them that wanted to make that actually caused them to say, okay, they're not going again because they received reports of the promised land in terms of the big fruits that came and everything they saw. But then they came and said, oh no, there, there were also giants and, and a lot of things in the land. And they said, no, they want to go back to Egypt. And you know, um, Caleb had another spirit that we we learned that made him say oh no that in fact those people they're like this um, they're like I, I can't remember how he said it but that he would they would take them so we now began to see that um as we are joining right we're supposed to journey fully because okay. the bible yes. testifies to that thing about caleb that he was joining fully of course the others two were were joining but one thing is like you said is when you get to um conversation of love your real heart will be exposed. It will be exposed, right? So, and, and that was the, one of the things that we could take away that at every phase of our journeys with God, we should make sure that our hearts are fully given to him and we should receive the strength that wants to be ministered. Because, you know, you, you gave us an analogy that, you know, sometimes we are the ones that think it is a joke, right? Because you, 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 you made reference to something. You, you said that imagine all of us sitting here now in our 40s, our 50s, we refuse to inherit. You, you say that God will still be waiting because God has been waiting for for them to inherit, right? So I know that was just something to take home for us about the the um, urgency and the the heart of God in the matter of inheritance. That this thing is not is not a joke, right? Because He wants to dwell, and 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 any any um, place we will build for Him will be in that land. And and one last thing, you also spoke about. Um, the link between the tabernacle and the temple because you said the temple cannot be erected on a land that you have not inherited, right? But while you are joining, the tabernacle is going to be, um, permit me to use the word, a um, kind of like a, a, a temporary worship, this and that, where you can see movement. So he said as you are joining, worship can also go on. I think, um, yes, sir, these are all the things I remember. <laughs> 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 okay. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. That was awesome. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just looking at. Uh, Hey, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, see, I'm not sure if if we need some more recap. I think we may need some more. Um, amen. Amen. So some of what he was just describing, I'm I'm just looking at my Bible, like the back of my Bible. I don't know if every Bible has it, but some Bibles has has it the 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 picture of the that land of Canaan, or this was a picture of that. Mediterranean um, Sea, praise God. Um, amen. From the wilderness to the Mediterranean. Okay, you know what I'll do? I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it on the group so that. Uh, <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I don't know if this is clear enough, but uh so, so that's a picture um, just behind at the back of my Bible. Um, so the land of inheritance was that the Lord showed to Abraham. You know, Abraham, the journey that Israelites took to this place, um, Abraham has already journeyed to this place before. Abraham came here before. That was when God, God told him to uh, took him here. When Lot saw some other part, praise God, and then praise God. God, Lot saw some other parts. Then he went away. Then the Lord now told Abraham, as far as your eyes can see from this place, that the uh, the uh, I've given unto you as a possession, praise God, and and so um, the land of possession is actually the actual land of possession is from Jordan to the sea. You heard that song. He's able to. We are able to go up and take the country. Have you? Do you know that song? To possess the land from Jordan to the sea, though the giants <laughs> may be on the way to him. God will surely be with you. Oh, Lord. Praise God. You, you understand that song. Amen. So, this is the revelation of that song. That the, so, the land from Jordan, see Jordan? Jordan? Jordan to the sea is really the promised land. If you look at this picture I sent you, River Jordan, it's hard to see Jordan. In the picture, you see clearly, you see the seas. You see the Mediterranean Sea on the left, which is the big one, right? The Mediterranean Sea was the main sea 
that's where they see where all the commas, everything began to happen after uh-huh, centuries after this time. Praise God. Um, this Mediterranean Sea, in the time of Babylon and some of the other kingdoms, praise God, this was the main sea at that time that most of the, 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 the world was doing, were doing their, their, their trade around. Praise the Lord. Um, but you, also, you see the Sea of Galilee at the top there. You see the Dead Sea at the bottom. Okay. Now, the, the, what the, the Jordan is a river. So you won't see it like a body of water. You see it like, as a line. It connects the Sea of Galilee at the top all the way down to the Dead Sea. Uh, do you see it? There's one line. If you look at beside it, it says Jordan River. Uh, are you seeing that? That small river, Jordan. That's the Jordan River that the Israelites had to cross. So, so, it's, so it's very clear. They were coming from the east side. It wasn't really from the east. At some point, they came all the way from the south here. This is not a full picture. But they, were, but they had to tangent north. At some point, the Lord led them to tangent north. That was the approach. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then they now began to face the plains of Moab that, at that time. Are you seeing that? So, so you see, they had to cross. They, they crossed Moab. They came into the, at the land of the Amorites. Remember when the Lord slew Og and Sihon? Praise God. Those were kings of the Amorites. Am I correct? So they had to pass through all these lands. So you see, these were lands of warfare. It wasn't like the unhabited wilderness. Praise God. I don't know. Let me see if there are any more pictures. Okay. There's even a picture that shows their journey. Okay, let me, let me send... Let me send you. A, let me send you one, another one. Praise God. How many of you like this kind of thing? <laughs> You're looking at old, holding this map, eh? <laughs> okay. So this is map of scriptures, and you can go and read. You can go and read all these scriptures. All these places in this map, you'll find them in the Bible, where they are. They are mentioned, praise God. So, so this one is a praise God. So, th- this one that has these red lines is actually showing the journey of Exodus. So, you see where they left from Goshen at the top left, yeah, right. You see the journey all the way, they had to come down south to Mount Sinai. Then, when it was time to move, they had to move upward, praise God. Hallelujah. Then, they had to cross and then move into the towards the land. Of Edom, that was the time they went around the wilderness of Zin. Then they came towards Edom. So when they came towards this, a plains of Edom, then Moab. Praise God. Those lands there. Are you seeing Canaan at the top there? That's where they were going. But the Lord routed them. You have to come through these inhabited regions first, because you must. The Lord led them. In such a way that you can, the Lord will not make create a nation that is surrounded with undefeated enemies. Yeah. If if you look at Israel right now in the natural, that's that's Israel's problem. So that that's actually the, the, the state of Israel in the natural is a clear picture that they didn't fulfill the the prophecy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because right now, it's Israel and you see the Palestinians. Those Palestinians, they made covenant with them. 
It wasn't by the will of God. They went to do it. And those guys are still with them till today. They can't shake them off. So, praise God. So, they made the natural nation made a lot of errors. A lot of errors. In fact, at a point, for a long time in history, they didn't even have a nation. It wasn't until recent history that they now had a nation again. And even till today, there are still fights about whether the land is really their own, whether the capital Jerusalem, they are even fighting over Jerusalem, whether it's their own or not. I think you understand what I mean. So it's very clear that the natural Israel, that prophecy, it wasn't something that they even could fulfill in the natural. Praise God. But these things are, these things are speaking of, of journeys in the spirit, which believers ought to take. So, see, all these plains and regions, they mean they are regions in the realm of the spirit that, uh, believer, you must have warred against all the enemies before you settle into the land of, of inheritance. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? That's why Jesus Christ said, he says, sit down until you make your enemies your footstool. It means sit down until your body overcomes all these what? enemies and the bible prophesied that all the enemies will be destroyed and then the last enemy which is death will also be be conquered praise god and when he has put an end to all rule and all authority and is delivered the kingdom to god then the end will come according to the bible now those wars is not saying that all, all the christians now should go and be fighting against palestinians and all that we're talking about the enemies of God that are warring against the soul of men from inheriting the land which God has provided for souls. And that land is God himself. The lands which God has prepared for souls to inherit, are there are, are two. One is first for the other. One is for, for what? One is for the other. Praise God. Amen. Uh, now, actually in Israel, there was a kind of, a, a bit of a fulfillment of prophecy in a sense before there was a relapse after because you can't sustain, like I said before, prophecies happen in circles. Praise God. That's why nothing that is fulfilled, no prophecy that is fulfilled in the natural can stay fulfilled. You understand that? Because it can shift again out of prophetic alignment why because of the nature of the, the natural the, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the element and the fabric of salvation so anything that doesn't have salvation element you can't maintain prophecy you can't maintain adherence strict adherence to prophecy cannot happen it takes immortal powers right it takes eternal power the kind of power that amen that jesus had praise the lord he said that the testimony of jesus is the is the what is the spirit of prophecy amen so is is one man who could who could enact the power the ability for the fulfillment of prophecy so and in order for for you to have the fulfillment of prophecy praise the lord you must you must have the spirit of prophecy. You must own the spirit of prophecy. You must embody the spirit because prophecy is so spiritual. That prophetic nature is actually God's own. It's God's thinking. Prophecy just means how God is thinking. 
So a natural carnal mind, you can try, you will fall out <laughs> after a while. If you use natural strength to try and fulfill prophecy, after a while you can't maintain the power to... Uh, are you getting me? Because every prophecy of God has enemies. Amen. As, as long as when a prophecy comes out of the realm of the spirit, you have, you have beings who their nature is sworn to violate the prophecy, to break the prophecy, to break prophetic alignment, and to break prophetic life. Amen. Amen. So it will only take the, the eternal strength to, to, to bring about a perpetual eternal alignment with the prophetic vision of God. Amen. So, so in a sense... In the natural, Israel, they, they, fulfilled, they, they, they fulfilled to a point, at the point they were very enough, God had to go and find a man after his own heart. That's David. Praise God. So David was the person, you know, Israel, they messed things up. When they were moving into the land, they, didn't, they were not faithful with the actual instruction or the actual method of inheritance. Praise God. They, they made a lot of compromises. And what were the compromises? When they get to a point, they can't, they're tired of worrying. They make a pact with, with people. So, okay, okay, let's not fight now. Please, let, you can cohabit. Let's just stay together. Amen. <laughs> so, so, a lot of nations that they should have defeated were still around. Some of them were in their midst. They were, they were mixed with them. Uh, do you get that? Some of them that they left now became stronger and began to fight later on. Yes, Those ites that, that David had to now, it, got, it took God raising a man like David. Because David knew that, <laughs> praise God, in order to, to really make the tabernacle to rest. You know, the tabernacle never really rested in the land. And that was the, that was the point of the journey to start with. That's why he said, Pharaoh, let my people go. So they will come and be serving me. Yes. They come and worship me. Praise the Lord. Yes. And we know that the wilderness worship was temporary. It's for to help them to journey. Yes. Help them to journey. He made it. The, the Holy Spirit brought a temporary design of how can we make a temple that is mobile. That as the, we are moving the people, they can rear it up, carry it, and it will be moving with them. And at the same time, it's in their midst and it's carrying out work of, 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 of making them adhere to the laws and the principles of the covenant of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? So, so that, um, the purpose of that, that tabernacle in the wilderness was so that when they eventually take over the land fully, they can institute a temple. And they build a temple. A temple is a permanent site of worship. Praise God. And the thing with a temple is that you cannot build a temple on a land that you have not inherited. It must be a land you've inherited, which is your own land, to do what? To build a temple. Otherwise, the temple will be illegitimate. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? How many of you believe that? Um, A temple... A temple, one of the difference between temple and tabernacle is that temple is a, is a kind of a house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tabernacle is a... Is a what? Is a tent. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a difference between when you go camping and you, tend, you camp somewhere yes, and 
then that place your company is a land but it's not your land but you can temporarily stay there around it you can bring your barbecue you can cook you can have your uh, praise god but you can't build a, a permanent structure in that land you are a thief if you try and do that <laughs> let's say you went somewhere in, in ontario gatineau park and you know you, and you brought you brought block and cement <laughs> You brought block and you are, you are, the moment you dig that ground, you started stealing. It's another man's land. Amen. Yeah. Means you haven't taken it. You haven't you haven't taken it by warfare. You haven't shed blood. And any land you haven't shed blood concerning is not you haven't is not your land. Amen. Of course, I'm speaking now. I'm I'm going between natural and spiritual. So don't quote me and say that you have to die or shed blood. <laughs> No, I, praise God. Lord, see, I said you have to go and kill anybody for Orlando. Amen. I'm moving between the na- natural, the metaphor, and the actual thing. And I'm sure we are all smart enough spiritually to know when I'm switching. <laughs> praise God. So, so what I mean is that the way you, the way you take land is that is is through the jeopardy of life, right? You must be willing to. To that willing to die, mm-hmm. that the price you pay for the land is the willingness to die for it. Mm-hmm. That thing is a great price. That is the greatest price mm-hmm. in that a soul can give. Mm-hmm. The greatest price a soul can give for anything is the willing is death, mm-hmm. willingness to die. That's the highest price. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, so when the so if in the wilderness journey is to prepare the soul to make such a sacrifice that's why a lot of this journey if you look at this um the first that map i sent you see a lot of the path they journeyed to were mostly on inhabited realms sorry paths and places and plains where there weren't really established nations who are taking many taking all those lands so it was point of, was the time the, the what they were doing was preparation because of the land itself was not a very very palatable place to live in so the lord was preparing them to you know you gradually you don't tell someone come and die the first day you first of all start with telling the person okay start making literally two sacrifices giving some things up but that's what work of faith is, is doing. Work of faith is trying to tell you, don't put your eyes now on these natural things. Be able to look into the unseen, sight the invisible, and try and begin to bring those invisible to become matters in your present. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That is faith life. That is the training of faith. The, the, what that is, a, is actually a kind of nature a soul must have. Right, a soul that so a soul who is every day all that constitutes life every day is when you wake up, what are we going to eat today? You, you think of the food you're going to eat, then you plan how am I going to get to my job today? You look at your bus time, are you gonna, those things we think about, all those things which are real things mean, mean you have a job that starts at nine o'clock at some point, you're going to have to leave your house and get to that place, and you won't disappear and get there until you've maybe you've got into a Phillips level where you can translate, praise God. You know what I mean? So I'm talking about legitimate things of life, right? So you have to take the bus, you have to plan all those things, you go to work, you have some tasks you need to do, you plan your lunch, you, know, you go through the day, you know what I mean? Uh, so those things are the things of the natural man. Uh-huh. So in other words, 
those are the matters to the soul. Like when you see most souls on the earth, most souls don't have real matters that registers reality beyond all those things. Do you get what I'm saying? Those things are... <laughs> so such a soul does not have faith. That soul can be born again, can be a Christian. In fact, they have their 10 minutes, 5 minutes allotted at the beginning of the day for their devotion. So that's their... Uh, you, you get what I'm saying? That services, that religious part, God, I've given you your own now. It's time to go and give Caesar what is Caesar's. And one be like to, to see that is really everything. I'm just, I just cut one tiny part for you to manage. <laughs> that's, what, that's how we share our life. Amen. Praise God. But... Um, but so you see, it's possible that even in that devotion time, inside that devotion, five ten minutes, the matters in that devotion don't still touch anything beyond your praise God. So when you even check the prayer point, Lord, as I'm going today, guide me as I'm going to walk, as I take the bus, Lord, no accident, I'll get to walk safely, Lord, as I walk today, give me wisdom so I can do my job well. So that as I'm walking, I will be excel more than all the other workers. Uh, praise God. Lord, all the food I will eat today, sanctify them. Bless them. Let them nourish my... Praise God. I, 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 you get what I'm saying? Now, that is supposed to be the time you gave to God. But it's not really. It's still all about your matters. Your natural matters. Are you getting me? Are you getting me that faith life is not you pray? No, that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about that. Faith life is that you are able to get your soul to give real consideration and investment into things that do not appear. That things that are not of the present. <laughs> do you understand me? Things that, and where do you find things that are not of the present? They are the things that scriptures are showing. Things that the spirit of revelation is bringing about. Praise the Lord. Are you, are you seeing? So faith walk, that is, so when if a soul begins to practice, that practice is what I call faith. It's what the Bible calls, calls faith. That's the definition of faith. Really. Amen? Amen. According to Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. Does that make sense? Amen. Now, sometimes we interpret faith as faith to your body. That's not the faith of the Bible. The faith of the New Testament is the, is the faith of, to your soul relative to your soul. You know what I mean? So, what that means is that when you say substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Right? Now, somebody who's applying that principle to just your natural eyes, what you can say is that I'm not, I haven't seen this right now. Right now, what, what happened? I've not seen the car. What else? What does we use faith for? The house? Oh, yeah. let's, let's go, let's go. We know them. The job? The contract? The, the husband? Amen. <laughs> yes, husband. Husband is a... See, that husband is a mighty thing. Hey! 
you know what I mean? Husband, wife, and all that. You know what I mean? So, so what you're saying that it's not physically here. So, yeah. Uh -huh. So because we don't have it now, that's not. That, but that's not faith. That that real faith is that things, real meaning of unseen. I don't know if I tried to describe it last time. Is that things that the real unseen? You have never, you have not seen it with your mind's eye. You've not yet seen it with your soul, your heart's eye. Is things that have never occurred to the natural man. Even even Solomon, even in his old, we can call it Old Testament or his pre-New Testament era understanding. If you bring car, bring husband, bring wife, bring all these things, I say, Solomon, these are things that are my own sin that I'm believing for. Solomon will laugh at you. Solomon will tell you, look, listen to me. There is nothing new under the sun. And he said that, right? All these things you are calling unseen, they are not unseen. As long as it's under in the realm of men. So, so real faith is that which is the substance of things, hope, what things? Things beyond man's own experience. Things beyond human, things, not things that men have been playing with, and some men own plenty and have gotten tired of them. Men who don't even know God. But we are talking about precious commodities. Praise God. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. So, the purpose of wilderness and faith walk is to begin to teach the soul that, okay, you know how your present concept of reality is, things that matter to you. Can you now begin to introduce the unseen into that level? The way you think about your daily life, the things you want to do. Can you handle unseen things in that way? So the way you measure how much faith a soul has is check how much of the unseen are they carrying every day as they are living. How much of the unseen are they carrying? Are they holding? How much unseen is affecting them? Do they think about how much of the unseen is a problem to them? Uh, you know, some people unseen can never be a problem. It's their natural things that are issues. Are, are you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, so that was the purpose of this, the, the training of the wilderness. Is, so imagine all these guys, praise God, who left Goshen in Egypt. Now, and then, Moses, maybe Moses was happy he has done a great, wonderful thing for these guys, that they were in bondage in Egypt. You are the one who says they were in bondage. From their behavior, they never felt they were in bondage. Praise God. Moses was just one crazy guy who came one day and said that, you guys, you have a promise, your grand grandfather, God Abraham, he had a chat with God, and God promised him one land somewhere. Amen. These guys were not practicing anything called Judaism. In, in fact, they didn't have a culture yet. What we call Jewish culture, all those things. They didn't have, you know what, you know what surround Jewish culture, the feasts, the Passover. Those things came later. It's all these experiences that became the culture. Do you understand that? So this nation where they had no they were Egyptians, all of them. Yeah. We are the ones that know that they are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all. They were oblivious to the dealings. Majorly. 
Praise the Lord. So, so these guys, Moses came, and I can, I can bet you that what made them go with Moses, even the, the Israelites, it wasn't that they were so psyched about, wow, it's time for this covenant to be, to be fulfilled. It's time to go to our land. I'm sure they too would not have gone until an angel came and started killing everybody. <laughs> you know that? I mean, God, God did things there. Water turned to blood. Ah, what is this? Locusts filled the whole land. This is a serious man. Ah, this thing this man is saying about a promised land. You know that? So God had to... Uh-huh. But you don't understand now. So these guys who crossed the Red Sea, many of them, they just crossed the Red Sea to escape the terror of Egypt. Yeah. That, man, if a God is doing all these things, let's go where he's going. Oh. Praise God. So they crossed the, the, the Red Sea. And then, as soon as they crossed the Red Sea, the thing closed. They now enter wilderness. You, you have a problem. Moses felt he has done something great for them, but what have you just done? You've taken carpenters, bricklayers, um, farmers, uh, praise God. These guys, this is their, all they've been, imagine someone all their life, that's their occupation. Building things, farming, you know, taking care of things. That's all they did all their life in Egypt. Then you now bring them into such a land, there's no work to do. There is no there is no natural purpose. There is no natural occupation anymore. You just ended all their career. Imagine everybody, they had plans, they build their business, everything. You've, none of that is there. So, so the, purpose, the, the, the purpose of wilderness is, is this. Wilderness is, is, it begins with the renewing of the mind. Yes, sir. To turn the mind from every other thing he's been thinking about to now begin to think about the inheritance. So by force now, they now have to begin to think, okay, sure we've left Egypt. We must be going somewhere. Where are we going to? Do you get that? You get the point of... So this is the purpose of, of faith. The faith of Christ. The faith of the Son, the faith of Christ, praise God, is to import a different conversation to the soul. Is to import conversation about the unseen to the soul. The conversation concerning the unseen is what we call revelation. Revelation is news about the unseen world. News about unseen things. News about things to come. News about things that are not present. News about things beyond the present. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So, so you see this land now. So there was a time they journeyed through all this area where they, they were not fighting real wars at first, right? But there was something going on inside them. They went to do a, a reorientation. Praise the Lord. Uh, and the, so that by the time they are approaching the, the lands of inheritance, there is already, because to make a, 
to make a an army is not easy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Making of an army is not is beyond teaching people how to fight and how to shoot guns and all that. Um you can develop mercenaries that way who can just you know they just have the raw skill. But to make an army um it takes more than the, than just skill in battle. So if a nation the all their army has is just how to fight, they have a serious problem. Because by the time they get they will get to a point, they will war on their own terms. When the the heat is getting hot, after a while it's had it's covered that what happened, there's no army anymore. Some of them will escape to other countries, some of them will tell the the opposite the the guys they are fighting against, please can we just come and we'll take care of your cattle, we'll take care of your land, we'll be your servants. They <laughs> praise God. They will just they will give up, praise God. So one of the core of building an army is that you must the idea of the nation, of the purpose, the identity of the nation, they, they call it patriotism, must be so doggedly written inside their soul that they are willing at the face of battle, they are willing to die. Imagine what, what must you do to a man that will make a man <laughs> go and what? If you if you are able to maybe watch or I don't know some movies they they, they show it. But the way they train those army guys, you think that army training is just teaching? No, those um, those guys in this in the army or the navy or whatever you call them. To me, I feel the greatest training is with mouth. Those guys is voice that wakes them up in the morning, and once that voice sounds in the morning, they don't know they they, they don't ever hear silence until until it's time to sleep. If you are Oh, you're, do, you're doing push-up. Someone is shouting in your ear. They are talking to you. They are telling you things. You got what I mean? The, those commanders. Those commanders in the army, they are writers of souls. That's who, that's who they are. They are writers. When they finish with you, imagine hearing voice every day. <laughs> and they have arranged you on the inside. That inward conflict, that's why you see them, you can't break them in battle. They are, they've already died since. They've lost their life. Through that, vo- that talking, you've taken about every will to save their own life for them. What, what, what they now actually did was, even in terms of war, now they now discovered that um, a lot of those army guys, you, it's, now, it's difficult to now just send them into battle like that. Because they must still, you have to now give them also a reason to live too. So they now we are going to encourage them as much as you can have a wife and have a child. That's one of the, the great encouragements. You so that when you are in battle, one of the, <laughs> you know, if you send somebody who is just already dead, well, at some point there's a way he would, he would do it foolishly. So let's just go and die. <laughs> let's. <laughs> But there should still be about some, something at home that's calling them to come back home. You get that? So they can fight well to win. Uh-huh. But in terms of, so you're seeing that at that point, what was, they have to find something to tie them that's not their own life. That is the life of whether they are, they are, they are relatives or something. You get that? Because they've taken their life from them. 
They don't have life worth anymore. And, and teaching someone how to punch somebody or kill with gun is not how you do that. It's through talking. It's through, through mouth. Speaking to the soul. And speaking to the soul. And speaking to the soul. They, in the army, they magnify, they glorify the nation almost as a, as a religion. As a god. They will tell them that, look, this is your duty in life. This is why you are alive. In the army, it's not about their salary. They don't earn much. You know that. It's not about money. Praise the Lord. It's not about, they don't earn that much. Those guys who go and fight on behalf of nations like that, they, they, they speak to them so much that they convince them that you're not like everybody else. That you were born to die for this country. That's your purpose. That's your nation. That's your, the purpose why you are, you are born. And many of them believe it, that that's their own destiny. In fact, their, their glory is in that dying. <laughs> Are you getting that? Praise the Lord. So, and it takes time to do that. So you see, the wilderness, what the wilderness was meant to do in, in the souls of men is to, is to collect love for natural life from the hearts of men. Win them from that. Bring them into a terrain where they are meditation morning afternoon night is concerning the promise of inheritance that god has given to them am i making sense praise the lord then towards the latter part you now begin the the realm the fight that happens praise god for the actual inheritance there are inheritances in the spirit the land, the portion of land in the spirit that, was, that were, you are given to inhabit. Right? To inhabit, to dwell on. To dwell in is a particular portion of land in the spirit. It's not all of Christ. You know, Christ is a land. It's a, it's a vast land spiritually. It's not all the realms of Christ that is designed as as inheritance position. A huge part of Christ is designed as preparation, as training for inheritance. Does that make sense? So, and the part of Christ as mainly training is the realm of faith of Christ, right? And then the, that transitions into the hope of Christ according to First Corinthians chapter 13, praise God, just before the dimension of charity. And Paul said that before this charity dimension, everything before that is nothing. You are nothing. You have nothing. You own nothing. Am I correct? means that any realm before this is not a realm of inheritance. It's a realm of preparation for inheritance. So the first dimension or realm of inheritance for a soul is charity. So before charity is nothing, even though it's Christ. But when you are thinking of what you own, your inheritance, you don't really own anything. Amen. Amen. So now looking at this, um, let's go back to the first picture I sent out, that, the one we saw before. You now see that, so that, this one is a zoomed in version. Of the first one, right? So they zoomed in around the, you see that those two seas, the top, one at the top, one at the bottom, and then the Mediterranean on the left, praise God. 
two, they showed the river Jordan. Praise God. Yeah. The one thing you now see in that picture I saying they showed the inheritance of all the tribes. Yeah. You see that you now discover that it's not all the tribes that have inheritance in, across the Jordan. That so inheritance begins before the Jordan. You now see that there are two and a half tribes that inherited. Reuben inherited, God inherited, then half of the tribe of Manasseh. They divided Manasseh into two and then did what? And then gave half of, half of that tribe an inheritance before the land. Praise God. This is, this is saying something spiritually. What they are telling you is that before you cross over, inheritance begin before you cross over. Now, you wonder, okay, why, did they, why, why was it necessary for them to give some tribes inheritance outside? It's because of this. If they didn't make war outside, there's no guarantee that they can make war on the inside. In fact, the test that they are worried to cross the Jordan and take the land is that it must be proven by these inhabitants close to the Jordan. And, and, and when you take this land, you won't leave it empty. You must, when you take it by warfare, you have to, you have, it's part of your inheritance. Anything you take by warfare like that in the spirit is part of inheritance. Amen. Amen. So this inheritance is the, inherit, the part of Christ that a man must inherit that makes that person a candidate to the, to the inheritance of God. Am I making sense? Praise God. Hallelujah. You need spiritual mind and God will give us all of us spiritual Amen. mind to to be able to see all of these things. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, so, you now see that to cross the Jordan, right, the, to cross the Jordan, the person who will cross Jordan over to the actual land of promise must be a person whose nature has been changed into an inheritor. Yes, sir. Right? Your nature has been changed into you become a possessor. You've had the nature, you have experience in taking territories. You have a, you've had experience in, in giving, um, putting your life in jeopardy. Right? Putting your life what? In jeopardy. Anybody who doesn't have sufficient experience in that to a point where they have come into inheritance as a man, such a person will not even be able to see God when God is coming. If anyone is having the difficulty in seeing God, this is the reason. If anyone is having difficulty in what? In seeing God. And this is what is most men on the earth. So, there is nobody who will be able to 
see God and then inherit God, praise the Lord, without first having this inheritance first. The inheritances of who? Of Christ. Does that make sense? So, we have to do everything to inherit Christ. Now, so what is the meaning of inheritance of Christ? Christ inheritance. The Christ inheritance, praise God. Christ inheritance is, Christ is the godliness, right? Is the godliness that a man can receive. A man. Praise the Lord. What did I say? So, a man meaning that is a godliness they can come and bring to a man like you and I. A natural man, right? And begin to reveal that godliness to a natural man. Praise God. And that natural man can begin to receive by revelation that godliness. Praise God. A natural man cannot receive the revelation of God. I mean, a natural man, right? Who is a natural man? A natural man is a man who is not yet a Christ. Because Christ is not a natural man. Christ is a spiritual man. Do you know the difference between a natural man and a spiritual man? It's Christ. Christ is a spiritual man. A natural man is not a spiritual man. A spiritual man is not a natural man. They are two different kinds of men. In terms of what you really... You can tell me characteristics of a spiritual man now. A spiritual man can live comfortably in the world of the spirit. Most of us cannot live comfortably in the world of the spirit. Praise God. When I say word of the spirit, I'm not talking about disappearing and going into one trance. Praise God. And you begin to see maybe dead people that are not walking on the ground or walking upside down. That's not what we call spirit world. That, yeah, spirit world. Someone told me one day when I was here, I was a young kid, he said, there's a way that we, we can see the spirit world. I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah. So that, but it's a very scary way. I've heard about it, but I've not tried it. Maybe if you can try it, you will see. Ask him, what's the way? He said, this is the way. Just go to any market. Go to this, like the center of the market, the public market. Then in the evening time, almost night time, then just open your leg and bend down and look under your leg. So what he meant was, he said, that, he said that people who have done it, they begin to see people walking upside down. They begin to see you. Okay. said, okay. said, okay. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I'm not interested. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. You know, when you say being in the spirit. You know, uh-huh, that's not what I'm talking about. I explained living in the spirit before, right? Was it last Saturday or, or, or last? Yes. So when Paul said that if you live in the spirit, then you should now begin to walk in the spirit. And so that living in the spirit is talking about those who have gotten inheritance in the spirit. That's the spiritual man. The spiritual man is a man who is living in the spirit. 
So, so if, if I want to give you, okay, give me characteristics of a person who is living in the spirit. David, can you tell me? Okay, yes, look. So explain that. Yes. So it's a spiritual man will be patient. Okay. And you, you have answer. Yeah, you only you only put first Corinthians thirteen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Based on things I said before, that's what I I'm just asking you what I said before. Okay. Um, yeah. So based on what you said today, mm-hmm. the spiritual man will be someone whose matters yes. are the unseen thing. Yes. As opposed to natural things. Natural. Okay. Let me give you an example of a spiritual man. Because uh, we, we know Christ is a spiritual man. Yes, Praise God. <clears throat> um, but Christ sometimes, ah, it's Jesus. It's, okay, let's calm down. Let's give you another example. Paul was a spiritual man. Yes, now, when you read this Bible, his letters from Romans, all the way down, I believe even Hebrews, you see that this man was a spiritual man. Yes, sir. Do you get that? Yes, Imagine a man who is just, we are the one that say, ah, scripture. He was just writing letter. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> unto the brethren. <laughs> in. So, so, so it's very clear that wow. those letters wow. were the minds of Paul. Mind. Mm. They, are, they, are his, they were his, his mind. So imagine you can read a man's mind and you become spiritual. Hey. Holy Ghost. Hey. <laughs> wow. Wow. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, you yes, now if they say all of you should go and write paper or letter now, I wish you come and read it. Is <laughs> it okay? Just write how you feel. In two in two, I'll give you two full scrap pages. Write how you feel, front and back. Some of us, if you really, really are honest and write it, and then some of us read it, we have to go and be repenting, Lord, for these thoughts. These thoughts that just passed through my mind. Have mercy. Because of what will be written there. <laughs> and, and, and Paul was a liar. In Second in, in Corinthians, he was writing, he said about the epistle that they were writing. It wasn't some conjured up story. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't what he was writing was it was it was actually their life. What is written in their heart that they were they were laying on with scripture, what God had written in their hearts. Are, are you getting a sense? Some of us, if we say let's write what's in your heart or what's in your mind, you see all kinds of things there. Some of us is our goals, our career, what we want to be, what we, we know it as the part of our. We can recite it, we can see everything because we thought about it. That is our own meditation. Are, are you getting my mind? Are you seeing? Are you seeing the difference between a spiritual man and a, a natural man? Now, if you ask Paul, because Paul said he was also a tent maker. Imagine a man who can raise guys, who can be administrators in churches, flawlessly. When you look at his, his standards, even that he wrote to Timothy, you know that this guy wasn't, it wasn't anyhow. Yeah. That there were, there were serious things. It's admonition of how to handle things. You know that this guy wasn't some kind of just if a, an absent fellow who is just 
God, 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 and then he's useless about things. He doesn't know. Anything. No, he's a very intelligent man. If you, if, I'm sure you went to say, Paul, talk to me about the trade that's happening around the, this region. The thing, he will know things. He can tell you things. But so I'm not talking about you not knowing anything. I'm talking about that's not what he is full of. A spiritual man is about what he, the man is full of. What he is full of. A man can be full of spiritual things. Paul was writing letters. He's writing about the unseen. Paul can explain the unseen to you. Imagine someone writing theses on faith. Romans is describing faith. Romans chapter 4, chapter 5. Explaining the meaning of sin. How sin came about. The, the appropriation of faith towards sin. Are those things natural things? <laughs> how, did that, how did he get that revelation? Well, I'm sure when the devil sees Paul, the devil wonder that this man knows me. <laughs> He's not like many of us. The devil knows we are all ignorant of him. That's why he does what he does. But because the devil, the devil will know that this man knows me. This man, when you, when the devil brings his his woman, his whore with her cup, you know that this man knows also. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> Because Paul was the one who explained what the world is in his epistle. What about John? I'm giving you examples of spiritual men, right? Praise God. And these are not Jesus's, so you can't say, well, they're conceived of the Holy Ghost, Immaculate Conception. So we are not like them, they're not like us, so we are bound to be sinners and we'll just be repenting every day. And by God's grace, we would have repented enough before... No, no, no. We're talking about, we're talking about an estate. A man can grow. Amen. The Lord wants to shatter that thing of unbelief in our mind. You know when you are preaching, preaching this kind of message, a lot of times, almost every time I'm preaching, they will just be telling me, hey, you're, you're just talking. There is no way these people can believe this thing. God, God, inherit. You know that? And I was opening this thing now, showing the land of God. I was, that was telling me, look at this foolish thing you are saying. <laughs> every single time, as I'm preaching, just as Satan is talking to me, I have to, be, I have to be ignoring everything he's saying. I'll preach. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And now I'm saying the words. When I say seeing God, say, hey, you are saying it again. What is this thing? <laughs> but it's because of, they have done something to us to make us feel that if you can't eat it, if you can't put it in your pocket, if you can't invest it, if you can't, then it's not real. But it's those things that are not real. Why we look not to the things that are seen? Well, the things that are seen are temporal. But things that are unseen are eternal. A spiritual man is a, is a man who eternal unseen things are his realities. 
they are the they are real thing. That's why a spiritual man will not play with revelation. The way a spiritual man will handle revelation and then take it, think about it, talk about it, speak about it, gist about it, laugh about it. When he's cracking jokes, he's even in, involved because to him is you are the one who it sounds weird to. To him is a real thing. <laughs> Uh, are you getting that? Praise the Lord. So there is what you call a spiritual man. Now, what they want to reveal to us is the real, the real nature. There is the real raw nature of the spiritual man. In other words, how does that his spirituality sit inside of him? As what Paul was explaining in First Corinthians, he introduced it in the end of First Corinthians twelve. See, I'm showing you a more excellent way now. Then he explained it in chapter 13. Then chapter 14, verse 1, he says, follow after charity. Follow after it. Praise God. And that thing he called charity. Praise God. It's what he said at the end. He was telling Timothy. Right? The end of the commandment is... Sorry, it means this is the purpose of why you are being commanded. Am I correct? I explained the meaning of commandment. Was it last week or some time ago, two weeks ago? I explained to you that what is commandment? Commandment is what? The spirit of the son for the purpose of what? Quicken who? To quicken the dead. Praise the Lord. So the, to quicken the dead. dead. Who is the dead? Those who are aliens from the life of God. How do you quicken them? Is by, thy command, by commandment. You command them. And it's in the end of the commandment. It's charity out of, of pure heart and, then of, and, of, and of a good conscience and of faith on faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Of course, you know, faith on faith is faith that has transitioned into love. It is faith that is conserved as love. Within a soul. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Mm. How many of you know that? Do you know that love is also love is faith? Yes, wow. Love is faith that's not just faith anymore. Yes, love is faith that has become your in nature. Mm. It is now an inheritance within a soul. Praise God. So when he's when a person who's who's living a faith that has become a nature. He's, that thing is no longer unseen to him. Faith has already brought it out into the scene. It doesn't, faith is still there, but it's now operating as love within the soul. Am I making sense to us? Praise the Lord. So the land that to inherit in the spirit, and this is the purpose of every man, upon the earth. Any man who doesn't do, do the fulfill his inheritance, by the time you see you, we move on from this life, it will be glaring that I did not fulfill my potential for living as a human being. Praise the Lord. It will be glaring that I did not do what? Fulfill potential for living. So the lands of inheritance they are first Christ. Amen. Amen. And then who? And then God. I was saying that the Israelites did not fulfill that in the natural sense fully. 
They tried to a point. David tried. Mm. Right? David try, tried his best to lock into the prophecy and fulfill it. Mm. Right? Because when he came, then he did war again. A lot of these nations that they had war with before, that they, they had grown again because they didn't clear them out. They would have to fight wars again and fight and fight and fight again mm. until there could be a sense of rest. And then he arrived, he instituted Zion. Praise God. Then he brought the ark back. Are you seeing the purpose? His goal was to let's fulfill this thing that was derailed. He then brought the ark back. The purpose of of this land, the inheritance of this land, is so that a temple can dwell here. It's for the purpose of service. So initially he said, okay, let's institute the tent again as a temporary measure. And after instituting the tent, he said, okay, it's now time to build the temple, which is the permanent house of worship. But God said, look, you fought too much. There's too much blood in your hand. You're not the one who would do it. You have to bring your, your son. And then his son Solomon came, and by God's grace, Solomon built the temple. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Solomon, there's a difference between David's sight and Solomon's sight. Praise God. David's sight and Solomon's sight were different. David had a sight that he had mainly a faith sight that connected love. And when I say sight now, the way you have insight into their sight is by their writing. Right? By, by their writing. So David fought with, he had a faith sight, but he was also in love with God. If not, he won't fight a war of inheritance. How many of you believe that? David. David is a Christ in the spirit. Praise God. So David, his life was done, all the wars he fought was with what? Faith side, mainly. But with also a love side, but it was Christ's love side. The side of Christ's love that David had. Solomon, his job was to build a temple. And he built the temple with the eyes of love. Amen. Amen. Now, the building of the temple is a different job from the wars of inheritance of the land. I'm not going to go into that, but just to let you guys know that. The purpose of the inheritance of the land is for building of the temple. The building of the temple is a pure love work. Is a, is a, the whole book of Song of Solomon is how they build the temple to God. The secret behind the temple is what that Song of Solomon because the, there's a conversation that, that, that inherits. It's a faith conversation. It's a conversation that dispossesses inhabitants. You get what I mean? It's a, it's a faith conversation. Then there's a conversation that erects a temple within a man. It's a love conversation. That was a conversation between the, between the beloved and the beloved. 
is about the is about the the building of a temple. It's about it's about two beings wanting to be together forever. Just read the whole book of Song of Solomon. That's what it's about, and that's that's the purpose of a a temple, a permanent dwelling, to 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 make dwelling together permanent. That is the purpose of building of temple. Does that make sense? Are, are you getting me? So that what that comes after the a land that is your own, that or a land that has been has been inherited. If you go and build a house in another man's land, after a while the guy will come and then demolish your house and then charge you for the amount he spent to demolish it because it's his own land. <laughs> so you cannot build this. Is my, this is my point. You cannot build an eternal structure on a temporary position. Am I, am I making sense? Are you getting me? Yes. Praise God. So, what was the meaning of that? That's why no soul that hasn't come, in, in, come into inheritance of lands in the spirit will ever receive the eternal habitation of God. Does that make sense? Am I making sense to you? You must fulfill the, the, the cause of inheritance. What is the land we're talking about? We're talking about natures, right? Yes, sir. So there is a nature in a man that a man must have that God can see and God can come and dwell in that environment within a man. The environment that God dwells in it has to be a Christ environment first. Right? It has to be what? A Christ environment. Then God has to now upgrade it, make it a divine environment. That environment is where the full, the eternal dwelling of God will be with men. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what, what I said before was that a man, um, so Christ is the form of godliness that a man can receive, right? It's the kind of nature of godliness that a man receives and you begin to receive it until you, feel you fully embody it. And the embodiment of it is, is in nature, is an inheritance. Say inheritance. Inheritance. Do we all know now what inheritance means? What is the meaning of inheritance? That a man can get that has become your own. Is it clear? In nature, that has become what? Your own. That's what an inheritance is. So, when someone has inherited Christ, what has happened to that person? They have Christ's nature. That is their nature is Christ. Right? It's not that it's not that they have a revelation of Christ that they are trying to they are obeying. Someone who is having a revelation of Christ and is obeying it, who is he? He's a fate, he's a partaker of the faith of Christ. Right? He's joining in Christ. But he does he have inheritance yet? No. He doesn't have the inheritance. He hasn't inherited it. The amount of inheritance you have is how much of Christ's nature has become your nature. You get that? Yes. 
Yes. There's a difference between what you are doing and your nature. Yes. You, you know the difference between it? Yes. That you can, something can be revealed to you. You say, wow, it's good. Oh my God, I didn't know. Okay, I will do it. But it's not, your, it's not natural to you. Yes. Yes. But when you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, after a while, it becomes who you are. That to do something contrary to that will become abnormal. Mm-hmm. At that point, you've inherited that thing. Does that make sense yes, to you? Uh-huh. So it's clear now. Yes. It's clear. So you, you, have, you have Christ dwelling by faith. Faith of Christ. Then you have, you being rooted and grounded in love. To know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge. That's one level. Then you can be filled with all the fullness of God. According to Ephesians chapter 3. It's necessary. What I'm saying in essence is this. It's, it's quite simple if you think about it. It's, it's really simple. What I'm saying is that a man now who majorly your natures are not Christ's natures. If I come and try and reveal who God is to you, you can never see him. <laughs> are you getting that? It is, that's, the, that's what Christ is for. Who is Christ? Christ is the embodiment of the nature. That when God is unveiled, he can relate with God. So somebody who does not embody Christ, anytime God revelation comes, it will be hanging there. When you see, you think you've seen something, <laughs> but you've not seen it. Are you getting it? You see, you see, you're seeing with the eyes of the natural man. But what you might see is just, ah, it's just some scriptures that they put together. And just the, oh, what, oh, what is, it sounds too esoteric. It sounds too far away. It sounds too intellectual. Too, too, you know, I don't know. It just are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, you will just be seeing all kinds of things, yeah. but, but you, because the heart cannot connect with the spiritual, because the, the nature of God is is heavy. Yes, <laughs> the nature of God is heavy. The nature of God. Let, let me ask you a question. How many of you, in as you are right now, you can in your heart, you can resolve and cite the a nature that can be continually, eternally merciful to an entity that is constantly acting in hatred towards you. How many of you know that thing? You know that state. You know what you know what I'm, what I just said. You know, you know what I said. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just giving you an example of what the Bible describes as God, <laughs> right? What is God? That you, you, uh, uh, are you getting me? But if I ask you, how many of you know the experience of relating with spiritual things you cannot see to a level? Some of us can relate with that because we're already experiencing revelation. Are you getting me? So you, so you've had experiences of wow, scripture opening, and then you are revealing, you are seeing a standard of righteousness higher than what men usually do. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are you're able to sight living, living the unseen because we are doing it to a level. Are you getting this? Means you're a natural man. Revelation can come to a natural man. Is a star, is a star, is a kind of thing. Is a nature. Not every man can handle it. There are men who you go to now and talk about trying to explain what the exodus means, ex- showing the land of inheritance. They say, what is this supposed to be? You're just wasting time. 
Let us pray about our problem. Let God bring solution. Isn't that what church is about? Why are we wasting time with all these things? Are, are you getting me? You know, I mean, a lot of people who everything we are saying now is all a bunch of nonsense. We are wasting time. Christianity is simple. Pray, believe God. Are you getting me? It's a lower level. What is that? So, such people, because of where they are, they've not experienced what Paul prayed for as the opening of the eyes. Ephesians chapter 1, right? I, I, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. So that is the spirit that ministers Christ to a soul, which by God's grace, God is helping us and many people in the body of Christ to now begin to see, ah, there's more to Christianity. There's more. Okay, are you get what I'm saying? That's one level. But there's something higher than that. Is God. Ew. Those properties are God. Okay, let, me, let me give you another question. Another, another, let me see if you can answer it. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can, you, do you know, can you see the, the nature? Can you cite a nature that when he, when he set on something, can never turn from it? <laughs> Now, I mean, if you, so if, you, if, you, if you think that, ah, it's not just a matter of deciding, uh, you have no clue what I'm talking about. If you let, say decide something now, let me just bring, amen, praise God. Have you ever seen them waterboarding somebody before? They put the water in your face and be pouring water. What you swore you never see, you, ah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe people just describing what they will do to you. You've already given your giving away. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, but I want you to see, can you cite a nature that can never turn? That's a, those are natures of God. Right? Balaam said it. That there is no between, there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. It, it, who is God? God literally is a being that says, before I go back on my word, I will self-destruct first. That's the meaning of an oath. That he looked for someone to swear by. He could swear by no one. He swore by himself. Okay, I will be the executor of this oath. You know the way oath works is in the Old Testament. Two people say, we agree on this thing. You know, they go to a man who can destroy two of them and say, this is what we've agreed on. And the man is watching them. Anybody who breaks out of it, death is the answer. Death is the answer of breaking an oath. That's how oath works. But God said, I couldn't find anyone greater, so I swore by myself. So it means that the day I, I don't do what I said I would do, I stop being God. I destroy myself. I, I, now, are you getting, seeing that kind of a thing? Amen. Okay, what about this prayer? His mercies never come to an end. What are the, what are the meaning of that thing? What of those things? Can you conceptualize? Are, are, are you getting what I'm saying? Are you, you understand what I mean? Amen. What about a being who is eternally glad? <laughs> Do you know what that means? That you self, not just him, just you being in his presence, you have fullness. Then when you get to his right hand dimension, there is what? For how long? So how is he? <laughs> Now, now think, let's think upon that. Let's meditate upon that a little. What will be inside a being who, who has pleasure forevermore? It means that there's nothing that can make him sorrowful. Mm. 
You know, some of the, the greatest tragedies a man can suffer has happened to, to God. Any, think of any, there's nothing you can think of that hasn't happened to him. What of all Lucifer did, did to him? And Lucifer was still coming, he would still be gisting with him. How are you? Where are you coming from? Um, from to and fro and from up and down. <laughs> what about okay, what about men what men has done to him? He sent his son to help us. We rejected him, we killed him, we accused him, we did all kinds of things. And to, to today there are still men on the earth who are saying, Who are you? You don't even really exist. Can you handle that kind of thing? That you are there, you you are you know you are real. You are there, and someone is there every day trying to prove to people that you don't exist. You'll be tempted at least one day, just do something. Maybe, 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 maybe you'll just wake up one day, just one day, one day. you just wake up one day at two, 3 a.m., sleeping, and then you'll just see that his bed is suspended. <laughs> you won't harm him, not just to show that. You are, you are alive. You are God and you are there. But all the abuse he suffered concerning the men he wants. Are you getting, what kind of nature is that? It means he is long-suffering. He's, he's merciful eternally. Can you, can you, can you conceptualize such a, nature, such a nature? Many of us cannot yet. You can't yet. But there is a mind that can that that kind of nature begins to make sense to. Do you understand me? It takes a Christ love to look at God's kind of love and it will begin to make sense to him. I I, I see how you were merciful to this level. I, I can begin to see it. Why? Because he is already laced with and of so much it's called charity. Because that charity is powerful. Hope at all things. Believe at all. It will take a heart that hope at all things and believe at all things for God to begin to unveil. Because when you open God, it's all things that come down. <laughs> so you need a container that has this dimension of all things to handle the revelation of God. But the devil would lie to us. When, when we are t- teaching this kind of message, Satan will tell you for where you... This is for, this is for those holy brethren who have been praying every day for the last two decades. You to even pray this morning was hard. <laughs> if case is not taking, you know you wouldn't even have prayed. And some of us did not even pray. <laughs> So they're talking about you being enlarged. I know. Devil is bad. Devil is the one who did the evil. He's the one who will come back and be asking you. I see. I see. just a little self bystander. So you want to follow? Okay, no problem. Like in the garden, he's the one who planted that thing. You know, God. God didn't plant it. We always say God caused it to grow, but God didn't plant. That's his seed. Well, it just came as if it's just an innocent. Ah, I'm just passing by you. Have you seen that tree? There's one tree there, Eve. Look at it, this, that, there. <laughs> That's how he behaves. But he's the, he's the guy. But when you check in the spirit, he's a wicked fellow. 
that nature that makes a man not aspire towards, that makes him see God as an impossibility. He's the one who crafted such a thing through the word, veil that possibility and shut it down. And after doing that, he now goes to stand as an accuser. Say, who accuses the brethren day and night before wow. God? Wow. He's the one who made men not like God. You're going to say, God, they don't like you. When God wants to release one dimension of mercy and favor, he says, hey, God, you can't bring that to. These guys, they don't really, are not interested in this thing. Because what do you mean? Say, yeah, I can prove it to you. Let's go on. Let's go and check now. Say, God, if I bring this or that opposite of what you are bringing now, he, they will love it and take it. Yes. <laughs> <Goodness>. <laughs> and he's the one who made them. Yes. <laughs> That's the accuser. He's a deadly, wicked lawyer. In the, you know, there are some bad lawyers. <laughs> some lawyers, they know how to send a, a man who did, into to jail for, amen? They can conjure things and Pray. They know how to tamper with the. They know the arguments to bring. Praise God! But thank God we have an advocate. We have Jesus. We have Jesus, the Son of God, who can who can speak for us, who can minister for us. Who he doesn't get tired. Imagine, imagine a man who will ever leave it to make intercession for us, ever, because he continued ever. He has an unchangeable priesthood. And is able to save to the uttermost them that come to God by him. So you know, because of that, you now realize that, in fact, Jesus had already destroyed him already. Having spoiled all principalities and powers. Tri- what op- made an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. You now discover that Jesus has dealt with every every. See, every time the devil brings an argument against your destiny, that argument has an answer. Yes. You know, there are some questions they will give you. I, I remember back then when I started learning for that mass. <laughs> you know, I think in my exam that time, there's a way they used to do it. You have some mass questions, mm. then some further maths are added, or something like that, or at the back. So by the time I solved the, you know, I was a bad guy in mass back then. I just... <laughs> Then when I now turn to the further mass part, deep down within my soul, I really, really, I'm really convinced that this question does not have an answer. <laughs> right? You can't picture how this question has an answer. You, how? But you see that question, some guys will solve it. Some guys will solve it. I want you to let you know that there's no question right now that doesn't have an answer. In your journey with, you know, you can hit a place. Ah, say, God, how will this? Uh, how can these things be? That's what they asked Jesus. Ah, how can? How can? You know, Jesus was talking above above their head. Those Jewish boys. Maybe every time Jesus is talking, Peter is seeing fish, fish, fish. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you are a fisherman all your life. All you see is fish. So anytime someone is talking about anything that's not fish, you are you are confused. Praise God. To even renew such a mind, so it's not easy. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yeah. 
just doesn't accept in uh, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And we're just talking, 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 talking. You know, Jesus is teaching. Just talking. Ah. After he just finishes, hey, God, this, uh, these things cannot be. It's not, it's not possible. How? It's not possible. Say, but with man, it's impossible. I agree. But with God, nothing. With God. Say with God. With God. With God. We need that with God factor. Always know that whenever you are approaching such things, we're talking about priestly things, holy things. Don't always know that your power is a with God power. You're talking about it's it's your you, you don't actually have your own ability. You have already you've already given up. The Bible says when we were without strength in due season. When Jesus came, strength has gone from the earth. By that time, the Jewish people they've already packed up their covenant, they left it for the Pharisees. You guys are doing it. You and the priest be doing it. They've, they've gone to their own life. They forgot whether it's even a promise of a Messiah. They couldn't even remember because sin has dealt with them so badly. You know, after a while, when you war with sin, with your strength, you fight and fight and fight and fight. After a while, that sin will convince you that, look, your life belongs to me. There's nothing you can do. Israelites had already gone that way. They were, imagine a nation so burdened down with sin. You know, the, the, the weight of the law you have, the heavier the, heavier the sin is. They weren't like other nations who didn't have law. Those ones were still free. They were, they were sinning, but they were, they were just... But Israel were... They, because they had so much law on them. They had, there was no hope anymore. So I'm sure at that time, when you even say God, it will get them angry. Because their history is a history of failing God. Yes. Constantly failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing. And then in due time, when they were without strength, they had the Messiah has been born. The Messiah, Christ, the Christ has been born. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 All our iniquity, you know, that's what he was raised for, to bear them. Yes. Say bear. bear. He came, there's another man who should bear your iniquity. Jesus. When he bears it, he, he, he bears it, he doesn't wear him down. Hmm. You know, yes. he, he, it breaks upon him. He breaks the power of sin. Any sin that seems so mighty and ah, I am a king here. You know, sin likes to reign. Yes, Death reign unto me. It's just something about Christ. It's called his anointing. It's an, his anointing. It, 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 it fatally destroyed the powers of sin. There's no kind of sin that his grace did not handle. He has so much grace. He's too gracious for sin. Satan came with everything he had to tempt him. He was looking at Satan. He was seen through him by the power of grace. Amen. <laughs> Are you getting that? So, so the, the secret power for your, for your victory, that power is not, they are not in the lab of heaven now, deciding, okay, ah, there's another new sin now. They will just brought it out. What do we do? No, no, no. no. They, they finish the work. Yes, sir. There's nothing Satan can do anymore. No, there's no wickedness that he can bring. No, no temptation. So there's no temptation that can befall you or anything that has not already happened. So he was tempted in all points. Without hell through everything. In fact, no, let's not let's even bring him here. They brought him even to the depths of hell. That's where they manufacture all the sins. 
that men, men commit. Every sin that men do, that's where the laboratory of hell, that's where they kept him. And the Bible says, he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. The glory traveled from heaven down. And when he was approaching the gates of heaven, he said, ah, why, why, this is hello. Did you miss, did you miss her address? Where, is, where are you going to? Imagine glory traveling to hell. Amen. Amen. I'm sure hell's gate must have burst open. That place that sin thought nothing good can reach hell. So any man we bring here is gone forever. The glory of God went there. Who did he go and he went to take that man that was made sin? All the sins of men. He became it. So he became sin. Who knew no sin? So that when he encounters glory, that sin can be turned into righteousness. Satan never knew such technology existed before that you can take a sin that something can take sin and make it become righteousness. But when the glory of God rested upon it, amen. And he now said in Romans chapter 6, as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so should you now walk in what newness of it. Say walk. Walk in newness, in newness of, life. of life. You want to walk in newness of life. Yes. Now, now I have only one question. I'm closing my Bible before we close. I have a question for you. Now, someone who is walking in newness of life, where are they walking to? They're walking to God. So you see that that way Paul called a new and living way, which is consecrated for us through the veil. That way is actually who Christ is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to God but by me. But if you have me, I am a highway that leads to God. The message of this season is just to teach us how to walk in newness of life. The newness of life is the love of Christ. His love. It's newness of life. 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 Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 There's about to be an impartation of a is 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 a new spirit. The spirit of Christ is a new spirit. According to Ezekiel chapter 36. Am I correct? That new spirit. <laughs> it is the oh my god. That new spirit is the spirit of a land. There are two lands in Ezekiel chapter 36. The first one, he calls it your own land. Then the other one, he calls it the land which I promised unto your fathers.
breaking the power of infirmities. Just begin to pray if you, are, if you have been believing God for a breakthrough. So much transformation, so much change, so much deliverance. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter six, where where 
Paul was speaking about the promises, right? The pro- those are promises of inheritance. That was where he spoke about the promise of Christ and then the ultimate promise of God, where God said, I will be in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, shall be my people. Praise God. You know, before that, he was, he was, he was speaking about being unequally yoked together. So do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Right? That's, that's the same thing as him, what he was saying in Ephesians 4, as not walking as all that Gentiles walk. So imagine you are writing to Christians and you are saying, don't be unequally yoked together. It means someone, a wicked man, has put a yoke between unbelievers and believers. Yoke them together. Let them be walk. You know, two animals that are yoked together, they walk the same way. So that's why we have some of us, the same things that unbelievers struggle with, all kinds of their nature, their things. They are the same things that we still have that are still our problems. It's because someone has put a yoke. That yoke was put there by somebody. And, and yoke determines walk. How you walk. So it's, it's difficult to walk in newness of life when the person is still yoked with the Gentile life. Praise God. And then he began to say that the, one of the purpose of this, this, this iteration, this edition of the season of Christ is to deliver souls from yokes. Those yokes are alignment, agreement, covenant with natures, things that refuse to go. They just refuse. Under any revelation atmosphere, it's as if they are refusing to. But they say there's something because this is the this is the, the time of the flowing of the anointing. Out of it's not just anointing of Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the anointing of Christ. It will begin to flow into hearts. And, and the, the power of that anointing will begin to set people free. Many, this will be the, the experience of the law of liberty. That law of liberty is if you continue. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, transformation that will bring in about people being made free, being set free, being made free from the law of sin and death. So the Lord is that spirit. Where his spirit is, there is liberty. With unveiled face, beholding us in the class, his glory. That same glory that raised Jesus from the dead. That as we behold it, you say you are being transformed from glory. This is a season of you know we've been beholding and beholding at some point change from glory to glory will begin to happen and, and this is the beginning of such a season where, where men will begin to change from glory to glory as by the spirit the, the Bible says it says there will come a time when the burden shall be lifted up from their shoulders and he said at that season the yoke shall he didn't say broken you know sometimes he said broken he said the yoke shall be destroyed yes, 
You know, you know the, the meaning of destruction is not just breaking something. If you, if you break it, you can fix it again. You can. Sometimes our yoke has been broken. You know, Satan has his own panel beaters. They come and they meld, they weld it together, and move us back into our old path. But but there is an anointing that destroys yokes. That when that anointing acts upon the heart, there, be, yes. there is no semblance of yes. such inclination, yes. such natures anymore. So yes. not, you see, the yoke will be broken, will be destroyed by the anointing. Different translations of that verse is interesting. You know that thing sounds like anointing oil upon you. No, that thing is if you, they translate that thing as it's almost like fat. It's like it's fat. It's a, it's a by because of the fat. It means that you will grow so fat, the yoke can no longer stay on you. Because, and, and that's the operation of the anointing of Christ. It's an unction that abides on the inside. It's acting on the inside. It's expounding you on the inside. I said, many of us will become too, too fat. You will become too, you become too inwardly anointed. Infirmities to lay hold of you. You become more anointed and evil spirits. See, when when they come to tempt you, you know the way they always come. When they start talking, you see the end of their conversation. <laughs> when they when they see you seen it, they go away in shame. We no longer have an argument against this soul. The, the anointing of the spirit. Oh my God. I'm seeing liberty being given. I'm seeing freedom being given to souls. Places where defeat has happened before. There will be sound of victory in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. Lord, we are we are open to this. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you have in store for us. Our hearts are open. That's all you require of us, Lord. It's not of him that wills or him that runs. But of you that show mercy. It's not by power, not by might. Concerning the building of your temple. It's by my spirit. Say the Lord. Thank you for the release of grace. That you bring forth the headstone with shoutings of grace. Grace to it. We receive the release of grace. Thank you, our Father. Lord, concerning the feast of charity which you are serving which you are giving to us. Every heart will partake. All the natures, charity suffered long, it's kind, believe at all things, hope at all things, it keeps no account of wrong. Everything, Father, I pray, expand and enlarge every soul to receive of this deposit of life. Thank you, our Father. The force of your love, the love of Christ in us, it may be so strong that no darkness can overcome it. Thank you, our God. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for today. 
We know you have blessed us. We know you continue to bless us. Father, we 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 release ourselves fully into this atmosphere of the spirit. Thank you. As we go home, as we rest, as we sleep, as we awake, Lord, as we carry on our life, Father, let there be an intensity of an atmosphere of blessing that the heaven will create around us. Thank you, Father. This is this conception which has just happened, which is happening, it will come to full term. Fruitfulness will arise. Comfort. Thank you, our Father. We give all glory to your name. We worship you. Thank you, my God. We give you praise. Above all, Lord, we ask, let you let your glory be manifest. Let it be evident, Lord, that you be glorified upon the earth. Lord, we we just been uh, just of, of, of initial partakers. But Lord, we pray, Father, for all our brethren across every nation. Lord, I pray that may this same intensity of your resolve and of this visitation begin to visit the nations. May it begin to visit all the churches. Thank you, our Father. We give all glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim